Welcome to the December 29th, although this episode will be released on December 30th, so I guess the December 30th, version of the Zooch and Wild podcast. Zooch, how was how was your Christmas? It was good. It went by really quickly because you're always busy. I have to go to two different, I have to go to my fiance's house, parents' house and my parents' house, so you stay pretty busy, and by the end of it, you're kind of tired, honestly. You're just like, you hit the bed on the night of Christmas, and you're like, all right, I'm sleepy. Went and saw the Iron Claw Christmas night. The Iron, oh, Iron Claw, right on. Little A25. Pretty depressing. Yeah. yeah I knew it, the it, story was... going in. But so I also Beyonce was crying. Is it, is, it, is it still depressing, even if you know exactly what's going to happen? I'll put it this way. It's so depressing that they didn't even include all of the depressing stuff. They completely removed one of the sons who died. From the they put like bits of his story into another son because the director was flat out like, yeah, if I had him in the movie too, I don't think they would have made the movie. It was that Man, bad. Yeah, because I I I saw the dark side of the ring on the Von Erics, and mm-hmm. I was like, and that that included everything. So yeah, for anyone who watched Iron Claw, it's a great movie. If you want to learn more of the story, Vice, Dark Side of the Ring, and I think it's called like the Last Von Eric, and it's the one guy. Yeah. Spoiler alert! It's it, it's just it's a spoiler, but it's not a it, spoiler because it's real it's... life. That the one the one brother that's still alive, like they like interview him and like talk to him about his life and stuff. Very very interesting. Yeah, it's crazy. It is insane. Well, let's get to something not as depressing and something awesome, and that's bowl season, man. It has been in full swing. I'm loving it. The the Pop-Tart mascot, Butch Jones screaming, you blew it right in the ref's face. Uh, San Jose State with the dud of the century in the Hawaii Bowl. Uh, I mean, the, the list goes on. I mean, I, I love bowl season. For anyone who says there's too many bulls, get a life. That's what I say. Yeah, no, I like both these. It ha- it is a little weirder now with like you want to just get like an update from Bruce Feldman that he's like, "Yep, ninety three players on FSU have decided not to play in the Orange Bowl." <laughs> yeah. And you're like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> like I didn't yeah, expect that season. one. Bowl season's awesome now because it really is like the third string guy, like the Alex Moran of every team. Like, oh man, this is great. I get to play D1 football. And it's like, nope, you're playing a 5 p.m. game on ABC, bud. Like, enjoy everyone looking at you. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it's awesome. Uh, side note, we're going we're gonna to bring this up. People have been talking about it. And by people, I mean me. Uh, you know, on, on this show, we are the first to admit when we're wrong. And we are also the first to admit we are right. Uh, I'm going to play a clip from last week, and guys just listen and just see how it may pertain to a certain bowl game and a certain player. USC. This is a prove-it game. If they beat USC, then they could be like, the, man, we had a solid year. Maybe we a, a couple of hits here or there, and we could have gone to a New Year's Six. And a loss here is like, nah, you guys were flukes all year. Like that Notre Dame win you were riding on the whole time. And if you're USC... You got two young quarterbacks who oh, you do you got a chance well, to test out now. Not two anymore. Just sitting out. There's gonna be a lot of guys sitting out. You had a top recruiting class. Now you can play freshmen and not burn their red shirt. So you can choose to play a lot of young guys and see what they're about. We both talked about this. For USC to be successful, they need an upper class quarterback from southern california yes. that is the only way that usc succeeds it's tried and true matt leinert sam darnold uh i mean you you can even go ucla 
Josh Rosen went to St. John Bosco. If you are in, if you are a Los Angeles school, just only recruit upper class kids from the LA and Orange County area. And they yeah. have one. They have this kid named Miller Moss from Mission Viejo. He fits the bill, baby. And he's a beast. He was like a four or five star coming out. I think he's like a sophomore or junior. And they also have this. All right, I'm going to cut it off there because I also say they have Malachi Nelson, who, as we all know, uh, has entered the transfer portal. And uh, hello, Jess. But uh, <laughs> look at that. Hey, it's Christmas time. There we go. But uh, yeah, Malachi Nelson. <laughs> yeah, he left. But yeah, I was 100% right on Miller Moss. Also, we got one fact wrong about Miller Moss. He's not from Mission Viejo. He's from Mission Hills. Still in the L.A. area. Still went like a private school, Miller Moss. But yeah, Miller Moss toasted Louisville. And I think people, the only people who are more happy than USC fans that are going, man, do we even need to get into the transfer portal to find a quarterback is ACC haters who were preying on FSU's downfall that, man, a bum Kayla Williams-less USC just beat the second place ACC team destroyed he had what six touchdown passes six touchdowns five or six touchdowns. he uh has the same amount of uh touchdowns in a game record as uh caleb williams caleb williams system quarterback some are saying not it me could. i think <laughs> he's probably gonna be really really good in the nfl it was yeah. hilarious like we were like talking about it. i don't remember what brought it up i think we were just like for some reason, I'm looking at her roster, and he just his picture. Yep, <laughs> my friend texted me like the picture of him was like he looks like a creative player. Like, come on, he's from <laughs> Mission Beach, California. Like, plays everything about him just screams like USC. And I hope he starts here. I hope. <laughs> oh, I have I also him. hope he starts there. And hey, that's he, what he, makes he USC USC is people like him. He has to. He has to. And it's also funny because I went to talk about malachi nelson and now he's transferred so i mean if you're usc you i feel like look don't get greedy if you're usc i do think miller moss is the guy at least run it with him for a year you know and yeah great go somewhere else but the man just threw six touchdown passes and hadn't played since 2019 yeah and it's not like the guys either he was a four-star yeah. coming out of high school. It's not like this is some walk-on, like, fun story. Like, he was supposed to be the guy, and then they went and they got um, – what's his face? Uh, Malachi Nelson last year, and then people were like, whoa. Like, Miller Moss was always supposed to be the succession plan for Caleb Williams. But, yeah, right. I was right. You know, we I had a couple wrong quarterback takes this year, but it, it feels good to get one, man. Feels good to get one, but bowl you, you season. That's on, why I love as it. They would say, "Yes, this is why I love bowl season." Though, is because you have storylines like Miller Moss. Um, you have uh, these storylines of like fans can get excited, and you could warp your mind into getting way too hyped up for last year. Like I bet USC fans are in a frenzy right now. Speaking of funny bowl game storylines, that Texas State game, Texas State Rice, it was on the television at work. And it was like raining or whatever was going on. I had no clue because I couldn't hear the volume that their headsets weren't working. So for some reason, in my mind, I thought that Texas State just coached without headsets. I was like, oh, like I guess <laughs> their coaches like 
doesn't wear a headset. Oh my! And I started goodness. looking through Twitter, and someone had said like, all the headsets are down. So that so that funny. is what makes bowl games great. Texas State versus Rice, no headsets, like pure chaos. Sad ending for JT Daniels from. <laughs> oh, they starter, just showed so. the image of him on the sideline. <laughs> like he just looks so sad and wet because of the rain. <laughs> And it shows all of his schools he's been to. It showed all of his schools. Yeah, it's crazy. From starter at USC. If you said a dude was going to be a starter at USC in Georgia during his four-year career, also play at Rice, he would be like, oh, okay, well, like, maybe he was, like, walked on to Rice and was really good, and they fired their coach or whatever, and then he ended up walking on or even if he had a scholarship to rice they fired their coach he walks on the usc or georgia gets hurt like that would be believable but it went backwards it went starter at usc starter at georgia west virginia was where he went after that right starter at west virginia yeah and then starter at rice to holding the clipboard it was i think he's going into coaching now but smart move for jt ah you know i was on the jt train for a while i've said it before it's just it's just a sad it's sad. Number one high school player in the country, and then he reclassed. I think he went too early, but hopefully JT does well in coaching, and we don't get any of those more brutal sideline picks. Last thing I want to touch on about bowl season is how about them Sooners? Just happened recently. <laughs> the Alamo Bowl. Oh, and you said it best it's... right before the show. Oklahoma, they just can't help themselves in bowl games. It's like it's, 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 like it's a necessity to just give up points, no matter. <laughs> Every year. They do it every single year. I, I mean, <laughs> let's see this. Brent Venables, see I mean, you were just hoping that Oklahoma, if you're Oklahoma, you would have won this and, you know, not stressed out going into SEC play. But Sooner Nation is stressed. Sooner Nation so, yeah. is stressed. Here, I mean, th- here's their last few bowl games. 38, 35, 32, 20, 63, 45, 54, 19, 37, 40. <laughs> like every, like every besides the 19. Yeah. It's besides the 19, they've given up. Oh, that's so fun. Oh, I love bowl season. The Alamo Bowl. Now the Alamo Bowl is great. It did live up to the hype, I think. But we got the we got the big ones coming this weekend. And that's it's finally here. Cultural ball playoffs finally here. I'm so excited. I'm so excited, like and it. It is. There's I am all, so many stories. I, I am also excited because they didn't put it on stinking New Year's Eve this year, because it's on that yeah, Monday. I think so no one has to stress. Too. No one has to stress about like I remember last year. I was like watching it like in a TV on a bar for part of the time, like kind of in and out on the last game, <laughs> and I was watching on my phone for part of it. Although we we won't get a chance to recreate the missed Ohio, Ohio State kick at the ball drop and then all the confetti comes down like last year <laughs> i forgot about that that was absolutely i cannot believe that happened that was the call the playoffs should have ended just on that that was the that greatest video thing, ever. i was watching that in a hotel room and i'm like, just dying laughing i'm like they just like someone had it on their phone you just hear five four three two he one. misses it the, the confetti com- drops the confetti drops <laughs> oh my gosh it is glorious but yeah like you said a lot of storylines coming in there's a couple teams that are trying to start something a couple teams that are trying to avenge bad years in the past and one team in particular that's probably trying to solidify themselves 
if not, he's already solidified himself as the greatest dynasty, greatest era, greatest coach of all time. And that's the Alabama Crimson Tide, Nick Saban, and the first game, Michigan-Alabama. How about it? Rose Bowl. I looked up today the get-in price for this game in the Rose Bowl. Michigan-Alabama is like 300 bucks. Like this, like there is this is the hype game. It's it's gonna be awesome. What I do love about the like a classic boomer joke about the Rose Bowl is going, oh, all the all the people from the Midwest they come to California and they go, oh man, I can wear short sleeves for the first time. Oh, this is great. It's like, man, it's so sunny. It's like, yeah, we have these things called like smartphones. Like they know like it's sunny in California. Like it isn't 1960s anymore. Like they could, like they know, like <laughs> they know what the what. I think the funniest, and I heard it the other day, Bill Burr was talking about it, and he's like, he was talking about, like, bankers, and he goes, just imagine the bankers who live in the hills above the Rose Bowl, when that game kicks off, they're sitting there with their son, ringing in the new year, and they look at their son and say, look at all those people down there, those thousands of people, they all owe me money. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That, that, that's that's a good one. In the hill, oh it. my gosh! But that is it, funny. This yeah. game is going to be—it's already funny because I read today that Nick Saban isn't allowing his players to watch film on their own iPad. I did see that. Yes, Michigan might have hacked them. You had CBS release the uh, JJ McCarthy post. So Connor Stallions firing. Did you see so that? So that's one? what I was going to bring up. Yeah. So that was as we get into the actual game. I think. It's J.J. McCarthy is it. The Michigan's fate rides on J.J. McCarthy. If J.J. McCarthy can play how he played pre-end of – like if it's beginning of the season, J.J. McCarthy, Michigan's probably going to win. If it's a J.J. McCarthy that's shown up the last couple of weeks, Michigan's going to lose, I think. And it's funny that you said that because I have the stats right here. So pre-Connor Stallions getting fired, Eight games, completion percentage at 78, passing yards per game, 225, touchdown to interception ratio, 18 to 3. Pretty pretty solid, right, in eight games? So five games after, completion percentage at 68. I'm not too mad about Like, that's fine. Here's where it gets brutal. Passing yards per game, 166. Touchdowns, interception, 1 to 1. Now, play devil's advocate. in the last five games. That's the stat I read, man. I mean, you have to think. Penn State, they didn't throw the ball after half. Uh, Ohio State didn't throw the ball after half. Iowa State was a lot of rushing touchdowns. Like, or Iowa was a lot of rushing touchdowns. I mean, I don't want to play devil's advocate here. He did play tougher teams, right? He played tougher teams. Maybe that's why his stats are down. But to play devil's advocate to devil's advocate, Alabama's a tough team. So, like, yeah. like this has – J.J. McCarthy needs to step up for Michigan. And if you're Alabama – I think you just play loose like you have, kind of like that house money feeling, and you kind of just go, "Hey, maybe this this is supposed to be a rebuilding year for us or an Alabama rebuild year." No one thought we were going to be here, which is crazy to think for Alabama, but I think you just play loose and just accept that. Yeah, maybe there's going to be a couple chunk runs by Michigan, but if you're Alabama, I think you just play with the mindset. It's just like wait for Michigan to f up, because hey, because Michigan's a school. It's kind of like the Buffalo Bills in pro. When things seem to start going wrong, buttholes go from this, and they get tight. And I feel like Harbaugh, because I'm a Niner fan. I watched this with Harbaugh teams. When it got close, Pete, this is when Pete Carroll always used to whoop Harbaugh's ass in, in the 
NFL for the most part because Pete Carroll is able to stay calm in these situations, and Harbaugh just gets wound up, and it, you, you can see it in the in their team, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, this is as weird as it as it is to say. It's way more of a must win for Michigan. They don't even know if Harbaugh is going to be back next year. Like they, I know no, they offered is... that contract that he can't. Like it's a huge contract, but it like stipulates he can't like interview for NFL jobs or something like that next year. But if you don't win this year, no, this is the all-in year. This is like the culmination of all of his recruiting. JJ McCarthy was his like guy from the beginning. He pushed out. Uh, Cade McNamara, great move, Harbaugh. By the way, because no one that guy sh- that guy should be doing what JT Daniels is doing, holding a clipboard <laughs> instead of poor JT on the sideline looking sad in the pouring rain in a bowl game. But right. yeah, Michigan, yeah, Michigan's got a lot of stress, man. And I'm surprised. I think the the line is minus one now, or minus two, Michigan, according to ESPN bet, and. That just seems too tempting. Like, I, I have Alabama winning this. I know you have I Alabama winning this. I think it's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be and – I, and I don't think it's going to be close, kind of like how TCU Michigan was last year where Michigan just couldn't get out of their own way. I think it's going to be kind of a gritty, grindy game, both schools not really breaking through, like, the early 30s in terms of points. And I, I think Michigan is going to make a mistake at the end. That's how I think it's going to happen. I think Michigan's going to either make a mistake at the end or they're going to have a chance at the end to capitalize, and they won't. And they won't. That's how I think this game will go. So I have a side bet for you on this game. Will J.J. McCarthy have more completions or will his girlfriend be seen on TV more times? So completions for McCarthy versus amount of times they show her on TV because last year – they showed her so much that we even saw his dad like grabbing her ass after a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Yeah, dude, JJ McCarthy's dad grabbing his girlfriend's butt. Oh my goodness. Well, you gotta think they're gonna show his girlfriend what, like four or five times, maybe. Oh yeah, they showed her a t- at least. <laughs> this is a... just we gotta be glad that Britt Musburger isn't there. He was yes, we have surely to. shuffled out after the AJ McCarron. What was his <laughs> girlfriend's saying? I don't know, but he all was... I ever is Brett Musburger. He goes, Whoa, well, that's what you get when you're the quarterback at Alabama. And another side Brett Musburger horny moment is when the Florida State, he just goes, Well, teenagers across the nation just sent applications in the Florida State University. It's like, dude, chill. <laughs> like, gave what him a warning are you doing? after that one? They made him walk the plank after the AJ McC- Catherine something was her name. They made him walk the plank after that one. Fred Bristburger just got let off. You know, like you know, like when cows like they can't produce milk anymore and they start to get old and withered, and then they just like let them play in a little like grass playpen for the rest of their life. That's what ESPN did with Brett Musburger. They're just like, shoot, go play and have <laughs> you get go. We'll let you call. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Brent Musburger. But yeah, I have Alabama winning. Comes down to JJ McCarthy. Zooch, any other final thoughts on this game from you? No, I just. Michigan fans are being pretty cocky about It's weird with Alabama. I still think people are kind of still down them a little bit. And they, pretty much everyone I've seen is picking Michigan, but I just have a feeling that it's going to be Alabama. I mean, I would 
my a ton of my family's from Michigan and they want Michigan to win, so I'd be happy for them if Michigan won. But I'm a you have to show me first. I'm not just gonna, you know, Michigan's had this opportunity time after time here recently, and they just can't seem to get it done. And if they get it done, kind of like with Clemson, Clemson was notorious for choking. They got it done, and once they did, they were really good after it. And I think Michigan yeah, could be like the that. same way, but you have to get, you know, I thought maybe beating Ohio State would be it, but so far they haven't done that. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm going with Alabama at the end of the day. That's fair. But I it's hope like Michigan does win. It's like the mental thing of getting over the hump and like kind of like how it plays into your psyche. Uh, let's go on yeah. to the next game Washington versus Texas. This is going to be the fun game. This is the game that I think people are overlooking a little bit. Because a lot of casuals will go, oh, Michigan, Alabama, those are the two. Look at this. I spelled Washington wrong. That sucks. <laughs> Let's just hide that. <laughs> Gosh dang it. Oh, man, it isn't a show without some spelling mishaps. Come on. We've had fun over the holidays. But, yeah, Washington versus Texas, I think this one's going to be fun. This is I'll, – I'll, I'll get into it la later, what, what I've labeled this bull in our meme matchup. But I think this is going to be a very exciting game. These are, these, these are two teams. No one really, in my opinion, I don't think, do we really know how good Washington is? Like, they are very good. Like, this is going to be a good test for both teams because Washington and Texas kind of have had similar seasons where they've beaten everyone on their roster, on their schedule for the most part. They beat the teams that they're supposed to beat by a lot, by a lot for the most part. And then when they play tough teams, it's a little tougher, but they still beat them. Talent all across the board, NFL-wise, two great quarterbacks. This is going to be fun. And Washington fans, stop complaining that you have to fly all the way to New Orleans to watch yeah, a game. Shut up. Grow up. Yeah, shut up, Washington fans. I hated that on Twitter. When the Washington uh, fans are like, well, <laughs> yeah, but poor us. Poor we Washington. have to play in New Year's Six. Yeah. Yeah, we, Jeez, have to like, we have to go to New Orleans for New Year's Eve and the whole weekend. Yeah. And get to, I mean, granted, I'm not the biggest fan of the city of New Orleans except for a couple of streets. It's pretty sketchy down there and that crime is bad <laughs> and stuff like that but you're in the playoff you get to go to new orleans which i would recommend going to visit if you can it is re a really cool city like a lot of big cities have problems it's not just a new orleans thing a lot of big cities they have the same problems every the other worst, big city has yeah no, the worst part for Washington too, some, fans, some, some fans weren't even complaining about the city it's that they were complaining about the flight time. Like, oh, the flight from Austin to New Orleans is way, it's way quicker. That's just how it is sometimes. Like, <laughs> if you were playing in the Rose Bowl and you had to play, if you were the four seed Washington and you had to play Michigan in the Rose Bowl, you would be way closer than Michigan is. Honestly, are they complaining so, about the flight time for like the team because the teams leave like a week before? No, no, the fans, the fans don't want to. The fans would rather have a shorter flight to. LA in the Rose Bowl than they were in New Orleans, which is fair, but like, don't it's it, it's such a first world problem, college football wise. Yeah. Oh, woe is me. And enough of complaining about poopy Washington fans, but this, this game's going to be fun. I think it's Washington, Texas's defense, their strength is their line, and their big boys up front on both sides of the football. Washington, this, this is a classic battle of kind of differences because texas has got the quarterback right but if you watch texas right. all year they've won a lot of their games being nasty and aggressive and playing hard on defense so i'm, I'm loving 
I'm loving the matchup of Texas's defense versus Washington's offense. Like it, it like just, just thinking about that gets me so excited. No, I'm, I'm excited for this game too. Cause this one, I feel like I really don't like the last one. I feel like Alabama is going to win. Wouldn't be completely shocked if Michigan did win, but like I said, they need to I have no it. clue what's going to happen in this game. Yeah. What, I have no, one of these teams could lose by 35 points. Like, yeah. Yeah, there will be like a – they will show like – and they do this every year. And I don't know why it's always so funny, but both these teams – like Washington maybe not as much because they went undefeated. But Texas for sure, they will – if Texas is getting beat like 38 to 14 in the fourth or something, they'll be like – the announcers will start talking about how Texas might not be completely back, but they're on the right track and like – yeah, <laughs> give Sarkeesian a couple more years and like get used to this because they're not going anywhere. And they're talking about Quinn Ewers oh, coming no. back, and they will show like Arch Manning's parents and family in the crowd yep. somewhere, and <laughs> they'll Manning, show Michael yeah. Penix's mom and dad. And oh, they'll, they'll be a shot sure. of guaranteed shot. If, if there's ever a guaranteed pregame or coming back from commercial break shot, it will be the Washington Husky live mascot hanging out with Bevo. Guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed that Husky will be forced to get right next to Bevo, and Bevo will not be happy about it. Right. We, we know how Bevo reacts when hanging out with certain canines, as Ugga found out a few years ago. And thankfully, we're, I mean, we're still about 72-ish hours away or whatever from the game, but Washington fans have refrained from murdering a relative of Bevo, a la Oklahoma <laughs> yeah, State. Yeah. So, that is true. Yeah, Washington did this far. Actually, yeah. In, in fact, I think there's enough vegetarians in uh, the Seattle area. I, I think Texas should be happy that they're playing an area like Washington, you know, kind of like that Pacific Northwest kind of like farm to table, you know, s- sustainable living up there. So this is this is a perfect matchup. But football wise, like you said, this game could go anywhere. Like yeah. I personally have Washington winning this matchup, but I I I. I could watch this game, and in the first two quarters, Texas is up 17 points, and I go, yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, I, I see Washington up 14 points at half and go, yeah, that also makes sense. I think for Texas, it comes down to can Quinn Ewers match Michael Penix? And for Washington, it comes down to the Pac-12's Achilles heel has been they get beat up by toughness because all the other conferences are tougher and stronger. Washington has been applauded all year from being, hey, this they, they got the line and the toughness of a Big Ten team. Can they actually prove that against a proven tough team in Texas? I, I do know this, though. The powers that be, no matter who wins, but I think specifically if Alabama wins, they are going to be praying that For Texas. Texas wins oh, yeah. that second game. An oh. Alabama-Texas rematch will Dude, the ghost Colt McCoy will finally be. Oh, they will, <laughs> he will finally that. be redeemed. <laughs> Colt They'll McCoy have like will an finally... interview with like him and like, uh, what was the name? Ronald McClain. They'll have yeah. him on there <laughs> and like Mark Ingram will be talking about it and all like all the people that were like in that game. My Mac Brown will be like on ESPN yep. to talk about it. And... Yep. Yep. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The ghost of Colt McCoy will finally be redeemed. And you know, God help us if Texas and Alabama have to play each other. And they, because where's the national championship this year? Is it, uh, I think I want to say it's in Arizona this year, but let me double check on that. Let's see. We should know this national 
championship game college football all right oh it's in houston okay thank goodness houston's not a very walkable city i was very scared of texas fans and alabama fans beefing in the streets of like san antonio or like las vegas where they're like close in interaction luckily houston's just a lot of parking lots and highways so they can be separated i was just there it's the hottest place i am from the panhandle of florida and houston texas is the hottest place i've ever been in my life it was like that's what I first hear. week of October and like 98, like it was so hot. that like the AC in the air, the AC in the hotel room didn't work, but we did have this year. And that's kind of why I'm hoping for an Alabama, Texas rematch is we had that fight. Do you remember that from earlier this year, that Alabama, Texas fight where that's yes, like from outside the bar. Yes. yes. <laughs> that was we this have... year or was that last year? I thought that was last year, but it, it oh, is maybe recently. it was that it's, it's in, it was one of those two, but we, it might happen again, you know. People are going to be drinking. They're going to be in Houston. It's a big stadium. Drinks will be flowing. We might. There will be some come up. Specifically, if Texas loses, if Texas loses, I'm like, there in will like be a come up part. Weird ways. You know, there, there will, there will be a come up part by somebody in uh, orange. They will That's awesome. Also, side note on this game. So, do any other comments on the actual game before I say this little side piece right here? I don't believe so, no. All right. What's with the SEC not selling beer in their stadiums? What the heck's with that? I was able to get beer at the Ole Miss game. So the SEC championship, they didn't sell beer. And that's because oh. some stadiums don't sell beer. Is, is, is that like an SEC like conservative like rule thing? Or is that like know. a we fear for the safety of our patrons if we allow these people to buy beers in the stadium and get more I drunk? I think it's that, but it's also relatively – I think more schools are starting to come around to it now, mm-hmm. the selling of beer in the stadium. So I think some of those, it's probably they just haven't done it yet, but they are working on it. Because what, BSU has been doing it for two or three years now? Not that long. Was it? I think it was after COVID that we started, right? Yeah, it was after COVID. I, I, and I think the only, honestly, it's probably one of the only good things to come out of COVID because I think they did it out of necessity to like raise money because they were kind of like in debt after COVID. And yeah. I think it's been a great rollout. You you had the Uber freaks of Boise being like, no, there's going to be too many drunk people at the games. It's like, shut up, dude. Like, you think like everyone went in there sober and now because we sell Michelob Ultras, everyone's going to magically be more drunk? No, people like to enjoy drinks at a football game. You know, I mean, yeah, people that's are right. adults and let them be responsible. Yeah, you got, half the reason you go to a football game is like hang out with your buddies and drink. Like, you want to go and have a few beers and like be laughing about crap that happens on the field or laughing at like certain fans. Like, Every time I go to a game, half the time I'm laughing at like a certain segment of our fan base who I'll not name where they sit, but they are there and they multiply during each game. And we spend a lot of time just laughing at like the absurdity of what they're wearing. But yeah, I, I do remember saying that, hearing that about the SEC championship, and I don't know why they did that. I think it has to be they just don't want it to get too out of hand because – I think you do have a certain segment of people that don't know when, like, like, all right, we need to, like, you need to stop drinking at a certain point. Like, you're starting to act like a fool, and you're going to get yourself you or all of that with the, out. And you combine that with the heatedness of SEC rivalry, and it's just a, it's, it's, it's just a napalm bomb right. of what did you say to me? And tumbling over seats, 
in <laughs> pledges and suits getting in brawls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, that's awesome. Uh, let's quickly touch up on the rest of the New York uh, New York Six New Year Six matchups. Uh, the one game that it's going to be after is as we are recording this, the Ohio State Mizzou game is tonight. So we'll do a, we'll do a quick <coughs> prediction on this. Zooch, who do you have winning? Ohio State. You have Ohio State? Going to beat Ohio State. I also have Ohio State. Yeah, but I do think Mizzou covers. I do think Mizzou covers. I think Ohio State, this is, I've been crapping on Eli Drinkowitz all year. He's a total weirdo, but he's a proven to be a good coach for that school. <laughs> I've given him a chance. I have them covering. If he does not cover, I am all out on Eli Drinkowitz again. So he can get that out of the way. All right, Peach Bowl, Ole Miss versus Penn State. This is kind of a fun game. This this feels like the Super Bowl for Ole Miss and for Penn State elitists. They view this as like the NFL Pro Bowl. Like, why are we even here? The, That's why. I, <laughs> the twitters between these two fan bases. It's it's a pot that's about to explode right now. We had <laughs> yeah. some an Ole Miss fan posted the other day. Is it safe to bring my kids to Atlanta if Penn State fans are going to be there? The worst like, part about that is that I can't tell if that's a joke or not. Like, there might be an Ole Miss fan going, I don't know if it's safe. Yeah, and, like, the Penn State fans don't – like, they don't realize no matter – like, that is always going to be the joke for the until the end of time with Penn State is that you can't get away from that. I'm sorry, Penn State. I know that nine, basically every one of your fans, with the exception of maybe people who are on that coaching staff, had no idea that that was going on, and maybe people that, like, worked at the school and stuff. You did not know Jerry Sandusky was doing what he was doing, but you have to live with it, and fan bases are always going to go there from here I... until the end of time. I find it funny too that like the Penn State was was it the Penn State fan on the message board who was like I think there'll be way more um uh Penn State fans there. Ole Miss is like way too far from Atlanta and they're like did you not pass ninth grade geography? But <laughs> well, yeah, no, there excited. will be plenty of Ole Miss. That, this State, is like you said it's the uh, Ole Miss the only bowl game I mean national title obviously playoff but the only other bowl game and it is a playoff game this year that could be better for Ole Miss is the Sugar Bowl because then. That one is like driving distance. Atlanta is too. It would take a little bit longer, but Sugar Bowl that is like hog heaven. Like the streets would be <laughs> littered with like people That's in red. I am and glad that this matchup is not in the Sugar Bowl because I think Atlanta is a little more spread out. If Penn State and Ole Miss fans had to interact on Bourbon Street, oh my goodness, they would not because Penn State fans it, it's like the complete opposite. Ole Miss fans are so loose to so loose to a detriment and Penn state fans are so wound up to a detriment <laughs> that it'd just be the immovable force meeting the irresistible, yes. the, the irresistible force meeting the immovable object. But uh, game wise, I have Ole Miss winning this. I think Penn state's not going to take this too seriously. And I think drew hours, drew Aller is a little overrated. I agree. I think Ole Miss is <clears throat> basically everyone's playing. I mean, <clears throat> Judkins is playing Jackson darts playing at, Trey Harris is coming back next year, so he's playing. And speaking of Ole Miss, that portal class is starting to look really, really good. Well, dude, that's some off-season content. <laughs> we'll we'll touch on the portal but after. The oh, Ole Miss has basically everyone playing, and Penn State guys are sitting out. The I can't think of that linebacker's name that 
is sitting out. Really good, real, yeah. Yeah, I cannot think of his name off the top of my head, about. but he's sitting out. And I cannot wait to see the pregame handshake between Lane Kiffin, who's like the most laid back, like <laughs> everything's a joke type coach versus <laughs> James Franklin, who like, <laughs> also like does see- his press conferences with the whistle around his neck, so you know <laughs> he's like taking it serious. That's awesome. Oh, well, let's go to the Orange Bowl, uh, Florida State, Georgia. Do we think Florida State keeps it within three scores? They have, what, 19 players sitting out or something like that? Florida State does? I Let me look this up. I saw. I thought both of them do, but now Florida State's going to have to play with their third-string quarterback. Because that's where I think the big difference in this game is, is that Carson Beck is not going to sit out. Oh, 24 players. Sorry, not 19. From Florida State are sitting out? Yeah, is this, this the first is... time in history where someone's where uh, the opposing team is sitting out more players than Georgia in a non-playoff bowl game? Because usually Georgia's the team that has a lot of players sitting Everyone out. Sitting out. And I even think they have like Brock Bowers didn't travel with the team and stuff. Mm-hmm. This is setting up to be like a burning of Georgia, but reverse. Like when Sherman rode through Georgia and burned it all <laughs> yeah. down in the Civil War. This is what Kim Jong Kirby is gonna do to Florida gonna... State. I have the feeling. Kirby is going to prove because especially I for some reason, I wish this game would have been after the playoff, because if Texas or Washington would have got murdered, you already know Kirby Smart would go. I'm going to hang Kirby Smart wants to hang 70 on Florida State just to give a double middle finger to the playoff committee and just use this fuel for next year. But I think the difference in this game is Carson Beck, as much as I joke about him, is a much better quarterback than whoever FSU is going to throw out. Yeah. So, and like you said, 24 people are sitting out for FSU. Like, no, it's, 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 we saw what the Louisville just happened to do against USC and that FSU team struggled with Louisville. Right. So I think if you're FSU, as long as you can keep it within a couple scores, keep keep it respectable because then you can play the card. Well, we had a lot of people sitting out, and if we would have played our yeah. starters, it would have been different. Yes, just keep it close. Exactly. I agree. All right. And let's go to the next New Year's Six game, the Fiesta Bowl. This is I, – I think this – Oregon, Liberty, I think this could get out of hand very fast, Zooch. I think this could get out of hand very, very fast. This is either going to be a complete and total trouncing, like – 56 to 10 or something like that or this is going to replace that the bsu oklahoma bsi and i don't think that's going to happen i really don't think liberty's going to win but i think it's a it would have the same level of magnitude if liberty did win because nobody is picking them no no one is and i think i mean i I also think Oregon's going to kill him. I have him. I have him in my bowl pick him as the largest margin of victory. So, but the thing that Liberty could do, that is the win-win for me because I, I would hate for Liberty fans because I, I think Liberty University, I don't even because it, it, they get an unfair advantage because it, it, it essentially is like one guy's like passion project. He just like created the university. So they have like, unlimited money that other even like private schools with like boards don't have to like deal with and they can just like yeah. funnel money but when liberty if they were to pull the subset of the century off they would solidify that g5 spot for at least the next decade in the playoff yeah that's what that's the one reactory thing that could happen from that reactory is that even a word reaction that could happen if liberty wins uh but i i think oregon's gonna wipe them i i i, 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 I think I, 
Also, we even talking about uh, stuff being shown pregame. De'Anthony Thomas touchdown against K State will be shown, guaranteed. Yep, they'll show that, and then they'll show like how Liberty got to where they are, and they'll show like Q Freeze like holding up some bull trip. Like they'll yeah. show like him holding up some bull trophy and whoever else is coached there and how like their steps from like wherever they started to how they got here now and they'll ask <laughs> what's his name? Jamie, Jamie Caldwell. Chadwell. Chadwell. They'll ask him like what he told his team and he's gonna be like, I just told him to stay loose and <laughs> yeah. there and have fun. He'll say something like we will know how Liberty is because you you know Liberty, like their starters are all fine. They're gonna have like some walk on run out and you could just tell he's so stiff. Like <laughs> there's not gonna be a more nervous kickoff squad in the nation than Liberty is against Oregon. Oh Agreed. my goodness. Last thing I wanna say about this game is that how many people do you think are actually going to be in that stadium like do you think the upper deck's going to be full because with the two lane usc last year was not full they did not sell out the cotton ball and i think no, this game two, two smaller fan bases yeah and usc is a bigger fan base than oregon oh uh, yeah yeah and i also think uh, dallas is in a more yeah is huh that's that's a question for another time is does is oregon a bigger fan base than usc that's a question for another time but uh, uh, yeah, that that's my only question. I don't think they're gonna sell out the stadium. I I think they're gonna like show because it's also the early game too. I think if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it is because it's the same day as the playoff games. It's not because we have games tomorrow. We don't have any on Sunday because the NFL is on Sunday. Yeah, but Monday we do. I don't think there's any Monday night football. On, I would there's not. Almost guarantee. Yeah, there's not. Yeah, that would be that, uh, that would be rating suicide if from for Monday night football. To put Monday Night Football, although I would, because then I would get to see who is a casual and who loves football. Because if you love football, you watch college football playoff. If you're a casual and an elitist, you go, the, the product's inferior. Why is the product inferior? <laughs> Shut up, dude. They're 18 and 19 year olds. That's why. Like <laughs> Liberty University. Do you think we're watching Liberty University because they are the masters of the game of football and this is what the product God envisioned it? No, it's going to be crappy and loose and athletic and big plays are going to be made. Exactly. I feel like I go on this rant every three episodes about NFL elitists. But yeah, I think we covered all the New Year's six matchups. Uh, let's get to the mean matchup of the week. Uh, my mean matchup of the week is Washington versus Texas because it is the Sark Bowl. Sark, <laughs> is that yours as well? It is. It couldn't be anything Sark. else. Sark gets to – did you pull up – was it you who said Sark at Washington like never won less than six games but never won more than eight games or something like that? Yeah, he went like, like he was seven just like, and six or eight and five he was like, like every perma, year. He was like perma seven and five, and then he got the USC job. But yeah. yeah, just watching Sark because you already know Sark. They're they're, they're going to show another thing guaranteed. They'll show is the picture of the old Sark in like the old Washington like Adidas gear on the sideline, and then <laughs> him now. That's what they will show. So excited for the Sark Bowl. Excited to see Sark face his old team. I I know he's thinking about it as much as people. Let's just you say he won't. He isn't thinking about it. He's he's thinking about it. He's thinking like, about it. He is thinking about it. But let's go to Hilo Buffalo, the last segment of the show. And we're doing Hilo Buffalo individual performances. So which individuals do we think are going to perform well, not well, and hmm, could perform well, could make a couple big plays, somewhere in the middle. But uh, Zooch, I'm going to throw it to you for the high. Who do you have My to My high, Trey Harris against Penn State. 
I think he, for a couple reasons. First off, I think he, I mean, they faced, uh, oh my God, my, Michael Harrison, Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State, but this is going to be probably the second best receiver Penn State has faced all year. But the difference is Ole Miss has other weapons mm-hmm. to go around the field that can, you know, you probably aren't going to be able to double uh, Trey Harris all time. And I think he has a lot to prove because he just got an NIL deal. And they're bringing in, uh, what's his face from South Carolina, Juice. Uh, oh, yeah. Is Juice Robinson, that's a wrestler. That's not a. <laughs> it's Yeah, the guy from South Carolina, Juice, I cannot think of his last name right now. It's been a long, it's been a long week, a lot of celebrations and working. So anyways, end of the day, it's going to be uh, Trey Harris. I think he's going to have a great game. I think generally the, that whole Ole Miss offense is going to have a pretty good game. Hope those guys, specifically Jackson Dart and Quinchon Juggins, come back. They haven't said if they are or not, but that's my high. Fair enough. My high is going to be Rome Aduze. I've been watching him. I've been on him all year. I think he's the best receiver in the country. Marvin Harrison fans, I'm sorry. I think it's it's a 1A, 1B. I don't think it's a 1 and 2. And I think he's going to ball out because if there was a weakness to this Texas team, it would be the secondary, in my opinion. I think Alabama, you saw in the Alabama uh, game, they had a couple big plays. Every team's been able to get a couple big plays. I think Texas relies on their defensive line, and they rely on their linebackers for the strength of their defense to stuff the run. And I don't think they've seen an attack Texas has this year of receivers that can do what Roma Duze can do, what James Polk can do, what the other McMillan can do. So I think Roma Duze is going to go off. And I I think it's going to be his coming out party to a national audience who might not have watched a lot of Washington games this year too. Yeah, that dude is. I mean, I saw him play live. I went to the first game this season, that BSU-Washington game, and he by no means was the Boise State secondary good this year. But – there's a big difference between not being like they were they're okay. They're not there's worse secondaries, not many, but there are some worse ones and there's really good secondaries. But that dude, you can watch some guys on the field and like immediately almost know, like, I don't know how from watching up high we are gonna stop that guy. And he was like that. It was like we there was nobody we could no defense, anything we could do to put a stop to that guy. And I know Texas has better corners and safeties and stuff but he's like you said he's up there with marvin harrison jr he's virtually like you're not gonna stop him you're just not so my low is actually you you can tell me if it's a cheap shot but it's the michigan offensive line and drew aller i have them as a half and half uh (laughs) i think the michigan offensive line they're good they're very good it's kind of like the same thing with you i gotta see it to believe it and for the last two years in a row in the playoff, they've been punked by Georgia. And last year, they kind of got punked a little bit by the TCU up front. Not going to lie. Like, they didn't move the ball. I mean, they, they got a ton of points, but, like, you'd think they were just going to be winning the toughness battle, and I don't think they were. So I have Michigan offensive line, and then I have Drew Aller, uh, eight-yard Drew, as I call him, because he doesn't throw the ball eight farther yards. than eight yards. <laughs> so, yeah. And I also think – like I touched on before, Ole Miss, I feel like it's just way more fired up to play this game. So Drew Aller, Michigan yeah, State, a, on my lows. Okay, my low, and I really hate to do this to him, as you oh. just did him dirty. It's Drew Aller. 
I think oh, that no, a double low. He's gonna, have, <laughs> he's gonna have like the like hope of the fans of like, oh, he got the bull practices in, and like that's really gonna help him. Like it's all this stuff, and I just don't. He just seems to me to be slow to see like anything down the field that's not like uh you know slant or like that like cut route by the tight end or whatever you want to call it. I just think he's gonna see different type like different types of defenses than he has in the big ten. I mean you saw it like when he played the two I guess Iowa I don't know if Penn State played Iowa this year, but Michigan and Ohio State are far and away the superior teams in the Big Ten and Penn State didn't get the twenty points in either game, I don't believe. No, they didn't. Yeah, well Mrs. Ethan's probably isn't as good as those two, but it's probably better than Indiana and teams like that. So you know, it'll, it'll be interesting watching Drew Aller. I think he has a lot of growing up to do, not in terms of his character, but in terms of just like maturing on the field. Because at, at times it's kind of like, what are you doing, dude? Like it's just it's like it's like insanity for Penn State fans. I almost feel bad, which is like impossible for me to feel bad for Penn State fans. But it's like just constant like, oh, like curl over the middle, underthrown at his feet, like just every single time. But my Buffalo is another unit, and I've talked about them before on this show. This episode, at least, too. The Texas defensive line. They have some freaks. I don't know their names. I don't know his name, but he's an NFL prospect. And they have some freaks on their defensive line. And they can continue the tradition of making Pac-12 offensive lines look like JV teams. And if they can do that, Washington doesn't have a chance. They won't have a chance. Yeah, go go for it. That Washington the fit or that Washington offensive line at certain times down the stretch didn't look like all that menacing. Like there's people getting, and I think that's kind of why Michael Penix, Michael Penix Jr.'s stats kind of went down a little bit, is because he wasn't getting, you know, first five weeks of the season, he had all day to throw and towards the end he didn't have as much time to throw. Not that he was bad. He was great all year long, but I think Texas probably has a better defensive line than Arizona, Arizona State, Cal, UCLA, whoever it might mm-hmm. be, and uh, definitely USC. USC doesn't have anyone. They have that one, the Bear from Georgia, but <laughs> the even bear. he didn't do all that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot he was there until last night, and then <laughs> Louisville went to hand the ball up, and immediately that guy was there. And just swung him down and they're like, the announcer was like, yep, the bear right there. Gus Johnson, of course it was Gus Johnson, the bear right there. Oh, man. But uh, what's your buffalo? My buffalo, and it's going to be kind of a weird one because I feel like this whole year he's been kind of surprising people. Like, after certain games, like, it's done, it's over, is Nick Saban. Whoa, Nick Saban, a coaching buffalo. Okay. Nick Saban paired with, uh, oh, my God. Not Blake Barnett, the Alabama quarterback. Uh, why can I not Blake, think of his oh, name right now? Jalen Milrow. <laughs> Jalen Milrow. Did you just compare? No, did you just call Jalen Milrow? Blake Barnett. He is way better, he is way better than Blake Barnett. <laughs> but I still think people are looking at him far and away. Like if you went up to anyone on the street who knew a decent amount about college football, right? Like, who the good teams are, like what programs are are struggling, yada yada. 
most of them would probably, if they had to pick the four quarterbacks, would say Penix, Ewers, and J.J. McCarthy might switch around a little bit, but mm-hmm. they're going to pick Jalen Milrow last. And I'm going to go on record and say that out of those four quarterbacks, he if a quarterback wins it, he is going to be the quarterback that wins the title game MVP. Wow. Okay. That's who so, I'm going with. I think, so and I don't saying, think those other guys are bad. So you think if, I think like, he, hypothetically, Washington won the championship, you, do you think it would go to, like, Real Meduse or, like, a de- defensive player? If Washington, him? I guess it's kind of me saying I think Alabama is going to end up winning the title. But Fair enough. I mean, if Washington won it and Michael Penix has 396 yards passing, yeah, he's probably going to win it. I think Michigan, there's a strong chance that, like, Blake Corum wins it just because he'll probably have to run the ball a lot. But I just think people still undervalue Jalen Milrow a ton. And, I mean, I get I got it at the beginning of the season, but the dude's gotten better and better. And, like, he has, you know, a lot can be said for somebody who has confidence in themselves, I think. And I think at the beginning of the season, he probably didn't have that, probably really didn't have it after that UCF or USF game. But now – He's won an SEC title. He's in the playoff. He beat Georgia. He made that, despite what people want to say about the Auburn game, he made that throw at the end of that game. That stuff, in my opinion, builds your confidence up. Like that, I mean, if you told, if I sat you down and said, Diego, you're going to be the quarterback next year at Alabama. You're going to get benched in the first couple of games of the season. But after that, you're not going to lose again for the rest of the regular season, at least. You're going to throw a game-winning touchdown on fourth and 30 against Auburn. You're going to beat Georgia. You're going to be starting in the playoff against Michigan. You'd be like, you'd think in your head, well, well, damn, I must have gotten pretty good after getting benched in the second or third game of the season, whatever it was. I think it was the third game. But I just think he's going to end up being the real deal. He might not, you know, throw for 510 yards, but – I think he's going to have some rushing yards, and I think he's going to have a couple passing touchdowns, and he is at least – he is my pick for the MVP in the uh, Rose Bowl, Jalen Well, that, that's excellent. Well, that's an excellent monologue to end this episode, just a Jalen Milrow monologue. And I kind of agree with you there. Who hates Bill O'Brien. <laughs> yeah, <did you> see? <laughs> The guy was like, what did you think when Bill O'Brien said you need to switch positions? And Jalen Miller's like, what would you think if someone told you you sucked at your job? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I probably wouldn't like it. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Bill O'Brien. Billy B. Billy uh, OB, the, man. the Bama fans call him now Butt-Chin Bill. Butt-Chin <laughs> <No>. Bill. <laughs> oh, well, Butt-Chin Bill. Well, Butt-Chin Bill's having a tough time in New England right now, but... Uh, well, Oh, that was a fun episode, and uh, we will be recording next week to give a big national championship preview. Full, we'll actually for the first time in a couple of weeks have a lot of time to dive in this game and all the different intricacies and storylines. Um, Zooch, anything else to end this show? I don't think so. Everyone have a good New Year. Stay safe. Just do if you're going to be out drinking, do the smart thing and call an Uber or call a buddy or something like that, or just do what. I've always done it. If you're going to go out drinking at someone's house or something, stay there. You and your friends go rent a hotel room and all you guys stay there or something like that. Just don't get out and drive because you don't want a DUI and you don't want to kill yourself or someone else. 
That is true. We don't want any Bobby Petrinos out there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll see you all next week. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> That's how we're going to end this. Oh, my gosh. We'll see you.